Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. And away we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial as we get back to local programming for the next couple of hours and then head, well, with the exception of that noon hour, right back into it for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, thanks for being with us here as we take you up until noon hour on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today. We are going to talk, uh, well, with our regional teams. We'll do a lot of the NFL regional teams in hour number two. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, our only guest in hour number one. If you're a Cyclone fan, you wait till tomorrow when Michael Swain will join us as we will uh, recap spring ball uh, with the uh, Cyclones. Who kept everybody in the dark. Not the case in Iowa City. They had a couple of open practices. Scott Dockerman at 12.30 on that, on the Hawks that were drafted. He's got a pretty extensive list of some of the uh, guys to pay attention to as far as next year's draft. Mock drafts already coming out for 2022. I love mock drafts. I'm not so sure I like them in May, uh, regardless of that. It's not about me, but uh, for those of you who are so inclined, there's plenty of them out there, including one that was put out by a guy at Fox who has Will McDonald from Iowa was state at number eight uh but that's uh, what we'll do we'll talk to dave sinek at 1105 on the packers obviously uh the big talker there will not be the draft class that they put together it's about one uh in particular that might be walking out the door and that's aaron Rodgers, who spent the weekend uh in louisville at the kentucky derby and did not want to talk when mike Tarico offered him that opportunity we'll talk to nick athen on the chiefs and then Jeff Hughes, our friend from thebearsblog.com on the Chicago Bears, who are one of the big winners uh, over the uh, three-day draft event Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, more importantly, how are you? You had a busy... You worked I'm on a exhausted. weekend. <laughs> Ken Miller worked on a weekend. Yeah. It's been a while. 18 years has been a while. I, I'm... Um, Trent, I, I'm numb. I don't know. It's it's a combination of things, right? Not doing a damn thing, being lazy, and maybe being 62 and wasn't used to this. But I had a blast. I had a blast, and it was great to be out there, and I realized uh, that I do miss calling races. Yeah. And I didn't know I did. But I certainly realized that over the weekend. Had a blast. Thank you to Prairie Meadows for allowing me to do that. Kentucky Derby was, uh, it was well, Baffert again, right? Death <laughs> right. taxes and Bob Baffert winning the Kentucky Derby, and he did it again with a horse that was bought for $1,000. One thousand dollars. So I need a little more depth and breadth to this conversation. All right, thousand. So this is this is bargain basement. This is a guy that it's going to become glue. This is a guy. This that's, is this is a horse that probably never sees the racetrack for like not even destined. Maybe a Prairie Meadows. Eh, not yeah, even, I mean, yeah, you can sure at that point, right? That's maybe the top end right. of what you normally anticipate for for a horse that's bought for a thousand dollars, and then he's resold for thirty five thousand. So, but then to win the world's most famous horse race in the way that he did, my God, unbelievable! It was great to see people at both at uh, at Churchill Downs. I looking out of the window at the on the fifth floor from my perch, mm-hmm. just looking at all the people below. Trent, it was great to see people Isn't out and it? having yeah. fun. You know, it was really like, oh my God, you, you miss this, right? right? Part of life. 
And it was great because there was a couple of bands. Prairie had a couple of really good bands over Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Really good. I mean, people dancing and having mm-hmm. a good time and the drinks were flowing and the horses were running and the bets were being fired at. And yeah, it was a blast. It was really, really fun. Uh, draft was good. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, you know, everybody's got their own opinion of how their team did. We, it's probably a little early to proclaim one better than the other, but you certainly have got, in your case, if you're a Bears fan, you've got hope, right? Right. You come out of the weekend with hope. And that's all you can ask for, is have, in the NFL, we know how quickly it can change. We see this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny, uh, we, we had our draft event out Wednesday at Mistress and talking to somebody that wasn't a Jaguars fan, but they had the second of their first round picks as we were going through our mock draft. Oh, man, the Jaguars, just terrible every year. I'm like, played an AFC championship game four years ago. That's how quickly Mm -hmm. it can change in this league. And now, for the Bears, there's hope. For the Vikings, there's hope. I think so. I like what the Vikings did. And the future with Kellen Mond, and Uh you you have that sitting out there on top of it. And the Packers, what that division's going to look like. Kansas City, I I thought, did exactly what they wanted. And when Mm -hmm. you consider Orlando Brown as your first-rounder, you're not getting that dude to 31. Well, Trent, absolutely. Look, look back to the final game that we saw, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes was running for his proverbial life. And now they did a lot in free agency. Oh, man, I'll say. Trade. And they also added more in the draft. Uh-huh. So they did everything that you would anticipate to keep your half-billion-dollar investment upright. <laughs> half, say, say that again. With a B. B, B. Half-a-billion-dollar I remember my grandpa and freaking out. worth every penny, I think, by the way. Kirby Puckett when he got a $3 million yeah, contract. In 1990? Yeah. 91? $3 million a three, year to play baseball. Was it three or three and a half? Whatever, Whatever it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. It Crazy was. money. Grandpa Jack did not like no. that one bit. Neither did 10-year-old Ken when Jack Nicholas won $100,000 in the golf tournament. <laughs> I was blown away by that much money. hundred grand. To play golf. To play golf. Now look. You know, the winners are two million. We're talking about billions with a B. But what a weekend. It, it really it was really fun. Some of the local guys. I'll start mm-hmm. with the one from Iowa State, Kenny Nwong, yeah. which before he ran that forty Trent, he was a free agent signing. And not a top level free agent either. He's he's not one of the guys that is looked at and said, All right, we're gonna get this guy guaranteed mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. to make sure he get He's a throw-in. Mm-hmm. He's a $2,500 signing bonus kind of right. guy. He was behind David Montgomery and Brees Hall. He mm-hmm. couldn't beat either of those guys in his career. Or a turner, but you're not going to spend a lot to bring in a free agent returner. But he ran that time. A wow time. Yeah. We had that conversation, I think, the first time with our, our guy with Sports Info. Yeah. yeah. And he said he liked him. Yeah. But it just, that number, that's all it was. Yes. Took him to a completely different and level. And he also said that he, he he knows, because he's been there as a scout for both the Saints and the Browns, that it makes you go back and realize and try and find out what you missed if you don't have him. Mm-hmm. And he said that there's going to be teams that are doing just that when they saw what Nwango did uh, in the pro day. Um, moved him up to the fourth round. Look, I couldn't be happier for the kid. Good yes, for him. absolutely. Because that's, that's a chunk of change, being a fourth-round pick. Well, and we know here locally... Without Kenny Nwangu, they're not playing in the Big 12 no, championship game. Trent, he turned some games around, like back-to-back-to-back weeks, if I recall. The Baylor game, they lose the Baylor game. Probably so. I think Probably they lose so. that football game mm-hmm. if Kenny Nwangu's not on the team. That's how important his returns were in that game. And there was a couple others, I think, that you could point to that he was a big, big part of it. Now he goes to Minnesota, he's got a chance. Yeah. 
He's going up, though, probably for that return job with... I, you know, this was the head-scratcher to me. And I, I couldn't Hawkeye. agree with you more. In, in Amir Smith-Marset... Who's really good at returning kicks. Yes, in his own right. Uh-huh. And now, really two guys for one spot. I think so. Is there a practice squad for either of those guys? Mm, probably. I think Amir Smith-Marset would have the better opportunity for that because maybe he can develop into a wide receiver. Uh-huh. But regardless, it just it kind of stunk knowing that both those guys, only one of them is probably right. going to make the team. Yeah. No, I was surprised by that pick, especially when you you know you use a four on the guy to return and then you come back in the next round. You take a, a guy that's known for his special teams. He's, look, he's a, uh, a good receiver in his own right. Mm-hmm. And Iowa receivers, boy, his, his colleague Brandon Smith was none too kind on Twitter to the uh, offensive play calling at the University of Iowa. Yeah, when it fill, comes fill, to people, receivers. fill people in uh, if they miss that. Because uh, late Saturday, early Sunday, yeah, I think I when it started find percolating. The tweets, Trent, I wish I had him in front of me, and I know I can find him at some point but um brandon smith was very critical of the play calling here i got him right here um brandon smith this is uh, iowa btn congrats and good luck to former hawkeye receiver honestly should have been doing a lot more but and then the arms the emoji with the arms in the air then somebody else replied there's a reason iowa gets nfl consistently everywhere else but wide receiver not saying these two aren't nfl talents but clearly iowa has no idea how to utilize them brandon smith's reply was the Bullseye with the dart right in the middle of it emoji. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. What, what uh, and you would think that as much talent as Iowa puts in the league, and they do, and a lot of positions, a lot of positions, wide receivers normally not one of them. And for whatever reason, and they get some good dudes there too. Mm-hmm. Like I still think DJK would have been an NFL receiver. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it turned out he wasn't. But and McNutt didn't stick. No, Philadelphia, right? Yeah, yeah Philadelphia yeah. for him. I thought he was going to. Uh-huh. I, I thought he was going to make it. He was so good yep. in that offense. So, is this fair? What what he's saying? Wide receivers, divas, prima donnas, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Now, Brandon Smith never struck me as that kind of guy. I mean, he seemed like a very much a no nonsense, yeah, yeah. go to work, you do my mm-hmm. thing kind of guy. Keep your head down and keep working. So that's, I think, maybe why this certainly caught me by surprise because everything we heard from him, every time we heard him interviewed or talk with him, he was not that prima donna. He was not DJK. Well, there was probably some uh, hurt feelings, the fact that he didn't hear his name called. Sure. And maybe that what's led him to be a little bit more vocal than we're used to being out of him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's unfair. I, I, I don't. No, we come in Monday right. <laughs> and say the same things. Yeah. He was in it. He lived it. He uh-huh. dealt with it for four years. Uh-huh. It's, and, oh, the trashing of the program continues from former players. This isn't trashing no, the no, program. No, 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 no. This is so different than everything that we went through just over a oh, year it's ago. Night day, Trent, yeah, night it, day. It's This is a Totally different, different issues. Yeah. This is a wide receiver, like you said, probably not happy he didn't hear his uh-huh. name called. Because physically, you saw yeah. the, that stuff he was doing down in Florida. I know. The leaping ability. Yes. The fi- and we saw it on the field a couple of times on the sideline. He made some remarkable circus catches. But he couldn't consistently get open either. He, not a wow guy at the route running. Had some drops, had hands, had issues, things like that. So those kind of things are going to happen. It wasn't a surprise by any means, but it's still... Another one of those things that's not a good look. It's not a good look for the program overall when it's all-encompassing because 
You don't think those things are going to get back to wide receiver X? Is that the recruiting? Well, Trent, that's a fair point. Now, if you're a tight end, conversely, <laughs> right, yes. that's where you want to play football uh-huh. because if you're a tight end, you get to the league. Um, he's certainly going to get an opportunity to get to the league. Yeah, that was a kind of... Um, out of the norm, I think, for him a little bit, but I don't think it was unfair. Uh, as far as some of the other uh, the local teams, well, we'll get to Dave Sinekin. Again, the Packers, whatever they did uh, over the weekend, was going to be overshadowed by the um, by the good occurrence Aaron Rodgers stuff, and we're lucky that we're going to have Dave Sinekin in here to uh, to give us a little bit more from his perspective. Uh, at 11.05, he will lead things off. You know, a few other uh, topics on the draft front that, that I found really interesting. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. So didn't want to talk to Tariko on camera. Right. But still talk to him. What is that? I, I always wonder. Well, and what he said, if, if, you, if you heard what he, Tariko regurgitated, Aaron Rodgers is going out of his way to um, try and let the Packer fans know how much he loves them and mm-hmm. how much he may love being a Packer because they turned on Brett Favre. Yes, in a big time. In, in a big way. For and, a long time. Yes, and now, they will turn on Aaron Rodgers yes. for sure. Yeah. They'll forget very quickly what Aaron Rodgers... Like, this team is not hosting an NFC championship without number 12. Mm-hmm. Let's be very clear. And I don't even think that the most disappointed Packer fan here today because of the spot that they're in... Um, would deny that fact because that is a fact. Look, folks, I get it on one hand why you're a little bit. I mean, you have been like in this spot for decades, for three decades, for the better part of three decades, for crying out loud. You've had a quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. And maybe you have a quarterback again. Maybe you do. You don't know. <laughs> you don't. Goodness thinks they do. Well, they, he must have because he moved up to get him. Didn't let uh, the incumbent know, and that, uh, that's when this thing started going the wrong direction. Let's get Lucas in here, and then we'll get back to it. Want to get into some of the baseball from over the weekend. Boy, the, uh, the uh, cu- what is it with Cincinnati? Do they hate everybody? They want to yeah. fight everybody? Well, they're, they're always in it every single year with the Cardinals. Uh-huh. It, it feels like a And they already have been this year. <laughs> they have, that they're always into it. Managers have changed. The organization turns over, and yeah. you're right. Is it something about the city? I don't know. Maybe they got this us against the Central Division chip on their shoulder. There's something in the water there in the river. Don't know. Have you been to Cincinnati? I have not. It's fun. I've been on if not a bunch of times. I've yeah. been. To, I was at Riverfront, mm-hmm. uh, then Great American. I've not seen a football game there, but um, the airport's nice. I remember that part about really? it. Uh, in Kentucky, right? It's in. Yes, it's in. It's on the. What is the town? Is it Florence, Kentucky? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it, anyway. Call just C.J. Frederick. He can help you out. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, we haven't heard about him, have we? No, we At haven't. Least yet. Lucas, what's on your mind? Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, sir. I uh, just had a quick comment about uh, Kane Nwangu and a few things like that. I'm okay. an Iowa State fan. Okay. Um, I called a couple weeks ago, kind of after his pro day, and mentioned that, you know, some of the NFL teams that were, you know, interviewing him afterwards, you know, Vikings, Patriots, a couple others. Well, I'm a Patriots fan. And I was kind of pissed that the Vikings <laughs> took my running back the pick before we took a running back. So, Oh, yeah, because they were 14 drafted. and 50. They were right next to each oh. other in the draft. Yeah, I never yeah, thought about that part. 119 and 120. Interesting. <laughs> Doesn't feel close. like there's been a whole lot of Cyclones on the Patriots throughout the years that I can think of either. No, oh, that, that's why I was really yeah. excited, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything but else, no, Lucas? Really happy. Yeah, no, I'm so, so are we. got drafted. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Lucas, thanks for listening. Appreciate your call. Have a great week. You don't have rooting interests. 
in the in the two locals. Right, yeah. right, right. There is a part of me. It's cool. Like I know Cyclone fans were so excited. Bears fans, Cyclone Bears fans. Oh, my David Montgomery. The sure. David Montgomery. Yeah. But there's also the part, and especially when it's a higher pick. You take a flyer on a guy late, so be it. Yeah. But when you take one of those and it goes to your team and then he doesn't work out, mm-hmm. that's not fun. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. a guy that you rooted right, for. You were right. so excited for them to get one of yours and maybe to get the jersey. Yeah. And they stink. That's yeah. not fun. No, it's not. Uh, boy, um, uh, Nixon, Trent. Yes. That's the scratch, the head scratcher to me. Trent, when did the when did the mock draft come out? And I th- was it the Athletic? It was no, it was Mel Kuyper. Mel, so it was Mel Kuyper. It was Mel Kuyper. Wow, that had um twelve. I think it was. I thought it was ten. It was. Well, high. it was. Yeah, it was in the top half of the mm-hmm. first round of the draft, and this was at the end of the season that David Nixon was listed. There wasn't. It? it was the first one right after the college football playoff. So it was kind of the big one. All right, here we go. We're past football season. Yeah. Now we're going into Holy draft mackerel. season. It was that first one. But the interesting thing, even towards the end of the season, I remember I, uh, a couple weeks ago I was re-watching, I think it was the Wisconsin game, and they were talking about Davion Nixon, and he's projected to be a third or fourth round draft pick. That's what they are talking about mm-hmm. then. So did we take too much out of Kuiper and maybe with it, Everybody else that just kind of fouls Kuiper and then moves guys around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, probably that so. That it went there, that ultimately, because the knocks that we've heard about, the dorm incident, whatever that was, that's a part of it. But also physically, he's a guy that if you run right at him, he's not good at the point of attack. Mm-hmm. He's a very good guy getting to the quarterback for a defensive tackle and slanting and slipping through and making plays. But there are knocks against him. This was not a surefire right. first-round pick. Right. And I think maybe our... our our ideals about him and what we thought of him were tainted by that Kuiper. Yeah, I wasn't sure he was a first-round pick, but I sure as hell wasn't. never thought it crossed my mind ever that he was going to be a third-day pick. Right. Talent-wise, day-two pick at, at minimum. I thought, yeah. yeah. I mean, put the, Ohio, the Penn State game on, for crying out loud. And not just the interception, though that was a big part right. of it, but the rest of the game. He played at a really, really high level. So was it just that? Well, did, now help me out here. Was it, did he have a bad pro day in Iowa City? No, know? didn't sound like that. I, uh. You wonder about how he interviewed, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. I mean, speaking of the Penn State game, I remember the radio interview that he did with with Podolak afterwards, and Dolphin seemed like a fun loving fun guy. But <laughs> that's one thing. That's after you play a football game, you're just having fun on the radio, interviewing. How did he interview when he's talking to these teams, and when they brought up? Whatever happened in the dorm, the dorm incident as it's been labeled, what did that conversation go? Those are the only things that make sense because in terms of talent, top 60 player, I think that's fair. Uh, I was surprised, Trent, that uh, that uh, he lasted as long as he did. It was great to see the um, you and I have a couple of kids come off the board. Uh, they 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 came off the board relatively early. Did you see the uh, the big offensive yeah, tackle? Yeah, I did. With the table crash. Yes, yeah. that, Spencer Brown. I mean, he he embodies Southwest Iowa, right? I mean, he's, he's well, he's like our friend Chris Williams, absolutely. Who, by the way, he's got a trailer. Did you see that? He did. He's pulling yeah. a trailer to little well, each their own. A little rough around the edges. A little yeah. different down there. Right. The old adage: if take the bottom couple of counties of Iowa and give it to Missouri, it'll help both states' <laughs> IQ. All those fun things, but. To get drafted by the Bills, mm-hmm. to have the fireworks going on then in Little Lenox, Iowa, mm-hmm. and then after a few cocktails, it seemed like because it was yeah, it was dark outside. So I'm guessing yeah, uh-huh. they were flown. The celebration good. in Lenox, I'm sure was was definitely a big one. Well, it was really cool because a guy who listens to sports talk, Larry Peterson's his name. Yeah, he yeah. worked. I think Carol, right? 
Carol Paper? No, Creston. Creston, yes, thank you, Creston. Mm. Uh, he was at the draft celebration, I guess, oh, for the Creston was. paper. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, he was tweeting a lot of it. And in small town Iowa, getting a kid drafted on the second day of the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I followed uh, Larry Peterson as he chronicled Spencer Brown. Uh, but look, uh, Cyclone fans, you are going to have an active 2022 draft weekend. Um, Will McDonald's mocked by Fox Sports in the first round now. To be fair, the mocker didn't have Olave from Ohio State anywhere. Oh, So that's kind of a swing and a miss. Might be the best receiver in next year's draft, but he skipped over him. Not saying Will McDonald doesn't belong in the first round. The athleticism's off the chart. It is. There was a reason before he had played significant snaps. Mm-hmm. Bruce Feldon had him in his freaks column that right. comes out every August. Yep, at the he Athletic. Is, he is that kind of athlete. He is ridiculous. And he was productive last year. Yes. Dude can get to the quarterback. Uh-huh. And he's still, Trent, I think, raw. Oh, no doubt. Because did he have a sack in the, like the last five or six games on top Oh, of I don't know. I think he has a sack streak, if I remember correctly. And it's a guy that... Oh, we're going to play him at linebacker. No, no, now we're going to go and we're going to put his hand on the ground. But not full-time. He's been moved around. It, it feels like ultimately he's at the spot he is supposed to be. But with that speed and with that athleticism, he had ten and a half sacks last year. Mm. I didn't even realize the number was that big last that's, year. That's got to be towards the top of the uh, college football as far as guys getting to the quarterback. I mean, who had more than ten and a half sacks? Not many. Uh, sack numbers. Oregon, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Didn't have one against Texas, but... He had sacks in every game except for two last hmm. year. Twelve games, ten sacks. A sack That's pretty at good. Least in well, 10 you of you them. can see why they're starting to pay attention yes. to this kid because Look, Brock Purdy. He's not a first round pick. Oh well, well, small small quarterbacks get drafted. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot more arm talent than Brock Purdy. Does. Brock Purdy's going to be drafted. Yes, he's just not going to be drafted on the first night of the draft. Exactly. Running backs. I think Brees Hall is as good a running back as there is in the country. There were two first-round picks this year, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Special really, both speed. of them. Yes. And, and Najee Harris can't get him on the ground. Right. A monster, but he... Yes. And running back is not as... It's not a first-round destination like it once was. Charlie Kohler... Third. Doesn't have the speed. He's going to get a chance to he play. He'll be Mike Rose, I think, is going to be a, have a nice NFL career. But he's a middle linebacker. Right. And a, not a premium position. Mm-hmm. Eisworth, he's going to be 25 yeah, by the time the next knock year's on him. draft. Co- and that guy is taking a beating. Where did Josie Jewell go? Fourth round or third round? I think fourth, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that sounds right. Is that where Mike Rose goes? Probably. Yeah. Are they kind of the same player? Now, the I like hundreds. Mike Rose a tad more, and that's not a knock on Jewell. Look what he did at Iowa for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Uh, but point being, and Petey wrote about this in yesterday's paper. Well, I don't get the paper anymore, but it's online. I wish I got the paper still. Um, <laughs> but, it, but, you know, chronicling that um, some of the guys that are going to get that opportunity next year, and there's going to be a boatload of them. Where does Tyler Linderbaum go next year? He's a center. Probably Is he third a, round. Do you think it's that far? See, I would be surprised. How many centers did we see go? Well, where did Landon Dickerson go? Because he can play center, he can mm-hmm. play guard, and he was hurt. Right. He, did he go second round? I think he went Is second. I think he's second day for sure. But Linderbaum seems like a can't miss. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to take, certainly, a top 20 pick for a guy like that. Yeah, maybe late in the first. Look, um, it was fascinating this weekend. It really and truly was. And by the way, next year's 
NFL draft will be. Is it back in Vegas? It's in Vegas. Is it? Is it the Bellagio, right? Is where it was going to be? I think that they were going to, if memory serves. Oh, yeah, the fountains. The fountains. They were going to have a stage set yes, up there. in the yes. middle of the fountains yeah. at the Bellagio. If you've been to the Vegas, you've been on the Strip, you've seen the fountains for sure. Um, if you haven't, it's, boy, that's going to be a visual. Mm-hmm. Leave the chair behind. I thought I, I still don't get the chair. The chair lasted all weekend. Yeah, that was a little much, didn't you think? I thought it was. I thought it was. It should have been like a one-off or like the first pick. Maybe. <laughs> then it it really lost its luster quickly, and yet it continued on. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. They were putting a fan and park him in Goodell's chair because that's what he sat in. And you know what I think it is? I think it's Goodell probably came up with the idea because the family needed a new chair. Or somebody in marketing said, "Hey, you know." They're sitting around in the room or on a Zoom call, more than likely. You know, that really worked last year. Let's find a way to incorporate it this year. And Goodell's eyes lit up because he knew he was going to get reimbursed for a new chair. Right. Not that he needs the money. Uh, man. $42 the million makes... a year. Jesus. Unbelievable. It's ten twenty-five. I don't have the keywords, Trent. You do. Do we have a home run? Boy, there was some home runs this weekend. There were. Uh, Cubs fans, by the way, if you haven't noticed this yet, I don't want to spoil your Monday, but I'm going to. This, the next three days, Cubs fans. Oh, you told me this right when we came in today. Right. This, yeah, this is this, this is, is scary. You got uh, you got Walter Bueller. Okay, the, the so uh-huh. the best under twenty four year old pitcher maybe in the game. Yeah, all right, all right. So tomorrow night you get Clayton Kershaw. Oh, well, maybe the best pitcher of the last twelve years. Uh-huh. All right, and then on Wednesday, train getaway day. Here comes Trevor Bauer. Well, <laughs> the most outspoken and one of the most talented guys uh-huh. in the game. Bueller? Uh-huh. Kershaw? Kershaw? Uh-huh. And Bauer. And Bauer. That's that's that that's the trifecta coming your way in the next 3 nights. Against Kyle Hendricks goes tonight against Walter Bueller. He has been awful. Yeah. Alzale against Kershaw on Tuesday night and then the getaway special Trevor Bauer going up against Jake Arietta and Arietta got shelled in Cincinnati on Friday night. So you wake up this morning your squad's in last place in the division. And here comes this trifecta of aces one after another. Have you seen by the way just real quick we'll get the doc coming up we'll get mm-hmm. to the keyword as well. I mean, we're over a month into the season. Your division leaders are the Red Sox, the Royals, the A's, the Mets, the Brewers, and the San Francisco Giants. Raise your hand. How many did you have? Of, of, the, of those? Of the six division leaders, did you did you pick the A's? I did. Okay, so you have the A's. Who got off to a 1-7 and start. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. And now they find themselves... Not well in front, but they're five games above five hundred. We both like the Royals. We both mm-hmm. didn't see the Royals leading the division. No. Nor did we see the Royals having the best record in baseball a month into the season. Red Sox are going to stink. They lead the division. Yankees are five hundred. Um, White Sox, Luis Robert. Yeah. Oof. They're piling up, aren't they? I was I was watching. Happened to be watching it live when it happened. Oh, you really? could just see Trent. He uh, he put his right foot on. He, he tried to pull up. His right foot was on its way down. He stepped on first base with his right foot, and his right foot never touched the ground again. He took, he's mm. almost like a, um, not the high jump, what's the, what the hell? Triple that? jump? He triple jump, thank you. But only on one leg, mm-hmm. as he's hopping on his left leg and he was in full flight. Um, you oh. could just tell, and he couldn't put any weight on it. But um, look at the National League East, one of the best divisions in baseball. Not really. They don't have a team, they don't have a team with a record above 500. And the Nats- Not a one! Finally got their way back up to 500 over the weekend. Uh, yeah, they're 12 and 12. I see that. Uh, Brewers are looking at, well, the Brewers and the Cardinals mm-hmm. and then the Giants. 
Before yesterday, too, the Brewers taking those first two games mm-hmm. against the Dodgers. That was really impressive, it was. I thought. Watched uh, quite a bit of that. I think it was late Friday night. Trent, if there would have been a prop that anyone's power rankings throughout the entire season does not have the Dodgers as the power-ranked top team in baseball Mm -hmm. at any point, yes or no, I would have bet the no with confidence. I'm not so sure that... I mean, I still think they're the best team, but they're not even the best team in their division right now. That's the Giants. Where the hell did that come from? They are doing it with smoke and mirrors. I think so, too. That's not going to last. Hopefully this lasts as we wait for another $1,000 home run. All right, what have you got? A drive to right field and gone. He's homered at least once in all three games of this series, and that was a tape measure shot. Wow. Alex Kirloff, four home runs over his last three days. So what do they do with him now? Uh, you play him every day, and you uh-huh. uh, say, sorry, Miguel Sano, mm-hmm. sorry, Max so, Kepler. Tell me his story. He was one of the best prospects in baseball. Uh-huh. He was the guy that came up last year. His first career game in the major leagues came in the playoffs against the Houston Astros. Uh-huh. Had a hit in that first game. Looked apart. Mm-hmm. Did not look overwhelmed. A guy that played right field, I think it was, in that game, and not known as a right fielder, is more of a left field kind of guy. He's been playing first base, so Noah's supposed to be due back. But with that bat, Oof. one of the top, he was basically a top 10 prospect. So where was he to begin the season? He was at the affiliate site in St. Paul. Gotcha. Yep. So is this a uh, an eligibility clock was, situation? Yes. Gotcha. He was also awful in the spring. I think well, he batted he? like 112. Oh, okay. So, so they made it easy on him they, as far as the decision it goes. It was very easy. Yep. Came up last week after the eligibility, so you get the extra year out of him. But... This is one of those can't-miss swinging prospects. Wow. Defensively, not a plus defender anywhere. More than likely going to end up at first base. Can play corner outfield right now. But in terms of hitting ability, Whew. he is at the top. And this team needed it as they sit now at 10-16. and 16. Well, they needed, to, they needed to win the series at and the very least, and they did. Now yeah, they winning. got the Rangers and the Tigers the next oh, two. So you got a chance to make some hay. Got to get your head moving. Oh, absolutely. All right, so it's time for that keyword. We just heard the home run. The keyword, Trent, is... It is sports. Figures at sports. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there to that destination, the uh, pop-up box will appear. Enter the word sports. Your chance to win $8,000. Your chance to hear Scott Dockerman on the Hawks. This time tomorrow we'll do likewise with Michael Swain on Iowa State. But Doc is next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.3. It's about 25 minutes before the hour of 11 on a Monday as we welcome you back to the program. Our friend Scott Dockerman joins the show as we recap the uh, Hawkeye Spring practice. We'll do some draft stuff with Doc as well. Uh, Scott, uh, welcome. How are you, Trent and Ken? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. How are you this morning? Doing pretty well. You've been very busy over the weekend with all your draft stuff going on and the recap of the uh, final spring practice. Doc, let's start with the draft and you know just uh, some of the Hawks that heard their name called. And Trent and I were discussing this earlier. Um, Mel Kuyper comes out after the uh, after the playoff was over. One of the first big mock drafts we saw, and there's Davion Nixon in the top half of the first round. What do you think happened, Doc, for him to fall as far as he did? 
Well, there's a lot there, and we've kind of discussed it previously. And, you know, um, you know, some of it was concern over you know, the investigation that took place uh, in 2018 at, when he was uh, removed from the dormitory and, and left the football program briefly and then, uh, you know, was reinstated at a later time. I'm not going to get into the details because they are very sketchy, but uh, there was a lot of concern when a lot of that was uh, discussed. And and uh, so I think that really hindered him to some extent. I think some of the on-field stuff was probably a little bit, I won't say embellished, but it got caught in the echo chamber that bounces around a lot during draft season. But uh, so I, I do know that he was removed from several draft boards and uh, because of the concern over those in, that incident. So well, that's the reason mainly why he fell. Talk about another guy a little bit later on, and after what we saw out of the younger of the Neemans, it's been hanging around for a few years now for Ben Nick. will get his opportunity with the Chargers. Do you see a guy that can fill a role much like his older brother has in the NFL and, and stick around and hopefully get that second contract? Yeah, I do. I think he's in that But not that boat. ring. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the difference is he actually got drafted. Uh, ben had to go the free agent yeah. route. But, you know, Ben was actually, I thought, a little bit better at Iowa, but maybe he had a more clear position as opposed to Nick, who bounced around a little bit. And I, I do think, uh, you know, his athletic ability for his size and uh, is, is really surprising. It was really impressive. So that's what got him into this position. And when you get into the NFL, it's not a – it's not a straight, hey, they play a 4-3 or a 3-4 and leave it alone. I mean, they every single down, there's different personnel on the field on both sides. He really matches up well with that because he can run. He's very athletic. He can change direction really well. And so I, I agree. I think he's going to carve out a role real similar to Ben, and that is probably appear on every special team. He's going to be on a lot of sub-packages, maybe be on the field for, say, I, I just an estimate, you know, thirty to forty percent of the snaps, and and uh, yeah, can he get to four years and, and then be a, a valuable enough contributor? Well, that's going to take a lot of luck and health, and but I, I think he's certainly got the ability to do so. Uh, Scott Dockerman uh, from the Athletic is our guest. Doc, were you surprised that uh, as Trent and I both were that uh, the Vikings uh, take Kanaina Wongo? seemingly to be their kick returner in the fourth round and then come right back in the next round and grab Amir Smith-Marset. I mean, they need to, they need somebody to return kicks there, but I thought they addressed it at least um, you know the round before, but then Smith-Marset goes in round five. I get that he's a receiver, and maybe there's, there's something there that they can build him up to be, but that surprised me. How about you? Um, it does it at first glance, but then when you start to look a little bit closer at the Vikings roster, it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, it was, uh, you know, wasn't like he was underutilized. Or, or was, you know, I mean, he was behind two NFL caliber backs. Yeah. I mean, David Montgomery's been a starter now for a few years, and then of course, three school, and I think he'll be the number one running back in the country this year. Uh, you know, so he's behind those two. He has an electrifying speed, so he could yes, he can return six, kind of the way uh, Brian Mitchell did uh, years ago. But he's also a good backup what we saw with uh, with Dalvin Cook and you know his speed that you know he's big and he's also got incredible speed so he could be that number two running back for the Vikings. Same with Amir Smith Marset, he also brings that element of special teams and perhaps they want to have you know two guys and kind of let it go and see what the competition's like. But you know they have two 
are very good receivers. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen has slipped a little bit, but he's still pretty good. Justin Jefferson was fantastic as a rookie. Yep. They, but they need a different caliber receiver there. And uh, Amir Smith-Marset could take the top off the defense mm-hmm. and uh, could be kind of, uh, you know, I won't say gadget plays, but certainly can do jet sweeps and other things. So he brings another element. So I think both of those guys, yes, they're going to be competitive for the kick return situation, but I think in other spots, they're going to really help complement the starters and the primary playmakers on the Vikings offense. What happened to Alaric Jackson? Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Um, yeah. That one surprises me that he fell completely out of the draft. You know, I, I actually thought he had a decent season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was on the wrong guy on some of this, but <laughs> uh, you know, watching you know as he hit the echo chamber and everything bounced around, he didn't necessarily have a good Senior Bowl week. I don't know why he left before the game. You know, uh, Jim Maggie with the Senior Bowl was a little bit like. He did what everything he needed to do. He looked good and all that stuff. But I don't think that watched well with other, uh, with the, the scouts, the fact that he left and didn't compete in that game. Whereas all week long, he was a little bit out of sorts, moving around to different positions. But I will say this, though, you know, sometimes this happens. He could not have found a better landing spot than the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, they have a 39-year-old left tackle, uh, Andrew Whitworth, who he actually started against Iowa in the Capital One Bowl that long ago. And uh, they they feed players, the backup players. They run his own team a lot like Iowa's. So he's got an opportunity to make that team and potentially grow there, maybe more so than he would have if he would have been in a – you know, a sixth rounder with uh, take or pick whatever team in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's the one thing for him. But, you know, he, he bounced around. You know, he was a vegan for a while. Mm-hmm. He lost weight, then he gained weight. And then, he, you know, at times he looked good, at times he didn't. So, I mean, I guess the inconsistency got to people. But I always thought, hey, four-year left starter, left tackle starter at Iowa, that means something, and apparently it doesn't. You know, Doc, did he hurt himself by not by coming back for this year? Because there was a him and Werfs, right? They were not one and one a, and we know what what where Werfs went and what happened, and we know that uh, Jackson didn't get drafted this year. So maybe the answer is, of course, he did. He didn't get drafted, uh, but did he? Should he have gone last year? Nah, I don't know about last year, but maybe the year before that, he might have been better <laughs> off. Uh, you know, last year he had that knee injury, and that really inhibited him. And he really didn't look very good throughout the, the 2019 season because of it. It was a sprained knee, cost him four games. Then he came back, and he just looked bad against Michigan and Penn State in back-to-back losses. So it was uh, he never really got back to full form. This year I thought he played better. I thought he was good at times in the run game. You know, at times exceptional. So that, that I guess that surprises me quite a bit. I, I don't know. I don't know if they just – Teams just didn't get quite a good vibe from him in the off season in the in the run up to the draft or what? But uh, you know, I, I think should he have left last year? No, three two years ago, you know, he had a lot to work on, but he probably would have been a draft pick anyway after a sophomore year. So I guess uh, hindsight's twenty twenty on this one. But but I, I will say again that you know going to a team that's kind of strapped with the cap that has needs that hasn't drafted. Alignment, you know, only won in the last two years, and that was a seventh rounder. I think he's got a chance to really do some good things for a team that, you know, has Super Bowl aspirations. You can't say Tyler Linderbaum. Who hmm. is the next, not draft pick, because there's plenty of guys that'll be coming out next year that'll be drafted. Is there a first round draft pick on this roster? And if it is, speculate. Ooh. Might have to go a little deeper here, Doc. A first rounder. <laughs> 
first round draft pick. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with Jack Campbell. Um, uh-huh. Sign me up for driving that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, tips the field. You know, yeah. last year he had, <laughs> he had Mono, so he missed his first three games and, and split time the rest of the way because it does take time to kind of catch up after you have that, especially playing in cold weather. But um, you seem to impact the game every time mm-hmm. he's out there. He's a, his physical skills are very impressive. Six five, two forty three, moves well, has great hands, physical. Just uh, you know, when Kirk Stone says extra heartbeat, he usually reserves that for his his favorite tough guys. You know, Pat Anger or Josie Jewell, and I think he's in that category. So I think you know whether it's next year or the year after, I don't know, and I'm only speculating as you asked me to do. But we really go with uh, Jack Campbell as as probably the next in line. He's He's going to be an impressive playmaker this year, no question in my mind. No, and he's, he's certainly got the uh, all the physical traits, too. What about the secondary, Doc? And I want to get into what you saw on Saturday. Um, who from that secondary has got a chance to play at the next level? Is there one that pops uh, first into mind? Who would that be? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because some of the guys I would say weren't really out there. I mean, mm. I think Matt Hankins is probably a draft pick. I think mm-hmm. Dane Belton wasn't out there, and he's probably the one that I would say out of the starters that I would pencil in as, you know, in, in a Monty Hooker territory, fourth, fifth round. Um, Riley Moss is a Paul Hawk. I, I think he'll find a home somewhere. Uh, Jack Kerner, I think, will find a home somewhere, you know, whether that's on a is a draft pick or kind of like Jake Gervas on a, as an undrafted free agent. You know, probably the one with, you know, other than Belton, I would probably say Kayvon Merriweather maybe has the most upside because he is a tremendous athlete, has made those strides, uh, can do so many different things. He's physical. He's got great ball skills. I, I think he's got potential to be a, a draft pick. I don't see a first-rounder out of that group. But then, you know, and especially after watching guys like, you know, Desmond King slip, I, I, it's hard for me to project anybody doing that. But, but I do think that there's, you know, pretty much all the starters and potentially a few of the backups have a chance to, to end up on NFL teams in the coming year. Let's go to quarterback and what you saw Saturday. How different it was from the two weeks previous? Anything at all? And my biggest question, Petrus, I believe, will be the guy, and schedule may be a part of that, regardless of the way this summer plays out. Can he lead Iowa, not to another 8-4, and 9-3 and three season, but to break through? Iowa hasn't won a Big Ten championship now since 2004, that Capital One season you are talking about earlier. That's a long time ago. Is Petrus the guy that can finally get them to break through from good to great? Good question. Uh... You know, I, I think the, there's a little bit of a different standard when it comes to talking about Big Ten titles, simply because back then you could tie for it. Now right. you got to play Ohio State for it. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, kind of, it's kind of a little unfair to, yeah. to judge simply on that. I will say Big Ten West of his title should be really mm-hmm. the main goal. Can he do that? Mm, yeah, I think he can. I'm not all that completely sold. Uh, unfortunately, I made sure to tweet like after two series. But he looked really good and decisive, and then had that kind of stuff in my mouth and every other place, uh, you know, through the rest of the day. Because jinx. <laughs> yes, I completely I saw that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was. I overall, I came away thinking, yes, he's made strides. Yes, he's better. Is he good? Is he good? Is he? You know, I I, I still put a question mark there. You know, I, I thought two weeks ago that he kind of secured that position, and then, um, you know, the other 
you know, the other day, I thought Alex Padilla maybe outplayed him. Um, he played primarily with the second unit. Um, so I think he's going to be the guy, certainly going into camp, and probably the first two weeks. What he does in those first two games are probably going to dictate who plays when the rest of the season. If he, let's say, uh, he plays struggles in the first game against Indiana, they still win, they could kind of justify it as, well, yeah, but you know he's still early in the season, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at the uh, the second week, it's going to be critical. I mean, he could play well and they lose because, you know, Iowa State's really good. But if he plays poorly and they lose, they've got two games against those, uh, you know, uh, Kent State, Colorado State, where if you're Iowa, you can make that change. I don't think they should be shy about it. I, don't, I think if mm-hmm. he's not taking strides that make the change, if he is, leave him in and let him get better. But. Um, I don't think they should play around with this much longer because we've seen it in college football that the great teams make changes to improve their team. The the good ones sometimes lead on uh, ec- previous equity a little bit too long. And, Doc, last thing. We know July 1st is a big date as far as kids wanting to uh, get into that transfer portal. Uh, do you anticipate – well, let's stay with the quarterbacks and then kind of expand on it. Petrus, Hogan, Padilla. Sounds like Padilla, uh, Padilla and Petrus will be there. Will is, Would Deuce Hogan contemplate looking around and then anybody else that may be further down that depth chart that had visions of, you know, of being a, uh, a factor in the roster this year? What do you think as far as guys that uh, went through spring ball that may not be there? Would you be floored if there are some of those that leave? There's always some that leave. I'm not a big fan of speculating who might leave without knowing a little bit more in advance. Duke is really only entering, um, you know, last year was kind of an abbreviated year to begin with, and he was only a, a true freshman. He had no chance even to compete for anything last year. So I don't know why he would want to leave right away unless he had a really poor vibe from the staff. You know, Alex Padilla is in the thick of things now. Uh, I don't. I think there's just enough of a crack at the door open that if he has a really good summer, he could compete for a job. And you know, I think what you're going to see are the guys that are entering year four, three, and four, and maybe haven't cracked that depth chart and kind of have enough self awareness to realize that yeah, there's some freshmen coming in. They may mm-hmm. pass me up, you know. And I, I would just say more on positional, like say uh, defensive back and maybe wide receiver that I could see, you know, a couple of people looking around and I think people will leave a little bit earlier, but I'm not really going to get into any names till I start to really know because I mean their their practice just in on Saturday. We saw one leave and no offense, but beyond that it's it's still it's still pretty early. I mean they, they need to have their their final meetings and to kind of, you know, guess where they're going to be plus they have finals coming up. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, great stuff. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Have a great week. You're putting out a lot of content, the NFL draft, looking back, looking forward, and, of course, all the Hawkeye football stuff. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. You the same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we talk a little Hawks. Come back. Wrap up our number one. A lot of NFL in hour two. 1460 KXNO. One. Miller and Condon, final couple of uh, minutes here of our number one. Boy, busy weekend for some CIML kids, huh? Mm-hmm. One commits to, from Valley, 
Uh, Reardon? Eli Reardon, yeah. A lot of family connections to Notre Dame. Oh, is that part of it? Oh, yes. But still, you know, family connections don't get you into... I think uh, dad and uncle played there. Mm-hmm. He had uncle that played at Nebraska. Basically, they've gone everywhere except Ira, Iowa State throughout yeah. the years. But a lot of family connections there. Eli is an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw him not only on the football field, but on the basketball hardwood. Really, really good kid. And Tight end. Iowa had a shot at this one. Um, I, I think Iowa for a while was a favorite, maybe one to kind of break his own mold. He'd been going to Notre Dame games, though, obviously with the family sure. connection since he was little, but then took his official visit, and it really changed it. it. It solidified that relationship that he had and took it to another level. And Xavier Nwankpa's, how do you say his last Nwankpa, name, from yep. Southeast Polk? He has cut his list down to seven. Folks, listen to these. This is the... These are the survivors. Clemson, Iowa, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, A&M, and Arizona State. My gosh, Trent. And he is worth it. His teammate, who uh, will just be a junior this upcoming year, Caden Proctor, he has an offer list like that as well, offensive tackle. The CIML. Yes. Uh, Jackson Daly from Southeast spoke. The quarterback committed this weekend also. Arkansas State? Arkansas State will be a Red Wolf. Good for them. Boy, oh boy. You can have some fun this fall. No doubt. We always do, but there's some big names out there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we are going to hear from Dave Sinekin next. Packer fans, what does the headcheese.com guy think of Aaron Rodgers' chances of being under center in week one? Will he be under center? Let's hope not. Except he'll be in Denver. Oh. Hour two coming up next, 1460. <laughs> well, hopefully. 106.3 FM.